On this episode of View the Right Thing, Wes and Steve hang out at a Baltimore diner in 1959 to overhear the tales of a group of early 20-something men on the cusp of true adulthood in Barry Levinson's breakout hit drama, Diner. So top off your coffee, order a slice of pie, and settle in for an all-new delicious episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back Hello. to another episode of View the Right Thing. Uh, let Steve take this one. Did you think I was going to say Indiana Jaws? No, no I, have, I have faith in you now, but I think you're going to one day when I don't expect it. Yeah. You're going to hit me. When was the last time I made the Indiana Jaws joke? It's, I don't know. It's been a while. Um, I came very close to singing October, that awful song, but no, I refrained. Don't do, don't do it. I won't do it. Well, there's another very big podcast, and anytime somebody says the phrase, it's been a while, um, they sing the title of that very awful song. Yeah. And I don't want to rip that off, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Because I hate that song. I don't need to contribute to spreading it out there into the zeitgeist. I do like it when you sing on the show, though. Well, thank you. I think our, I think our viewsters like it, too. I hope they do. No one's told me that because they remain fairly silent. I know. Viewsters, if you're out there, tweet at us at VTRT Movies or at Stephen No Howood and write us reviews. It's funny. It's interesting because... We could use reviews. I, I told you recently, <clears throat> I was looking at our listener count. It's yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we're seeing signs that people are listening. I'm, I'm, Contact us, yo. I'm quite happy with the the um, large amount of people that are that are watching or listening, um, but they're silent. Yeah. They, maybe they don't have Twitter. Maybe we should just start tweeting more and more and more and more. And then people will start trickling in. We'll get new listeners trickling in. Yeah. And our current listeners will get a little more active. Well, I... I uh, like, I, we've had... I mean, people were voting on the name and stuff like that. Yeah. That was working. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, uh, I recently read an article on podcasts, and uh, they said... Uh, this guy said, one tactic that a lot of people don't do is... Um, they don't utilize Facebook Live and oh. YouTube, and so they they add to their listener count via YouTube. Interesting. And uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, I don't know if that would work for us. I feel like a lot of the really big studio podcasts are yeah. doing that, but yeah, yeah I, I'm willing to bet there's a lot of you know guys like us podcasting out of their home that aren't quite taking advantage of that yet. I've thought about I've thought about having us live stream it um, on Twitch word before all right um but we're not really talking about video games so it seems kind of i mean we could live stream it on youtube yeah the choice is yours my man maybe uh maybe sometime in the future uh so i'm moving it's official. yeah it's official i'm moving groovy um and then once we move into the new place and, and i get the podcast set up we're gonna have a different kind of setup than what we're doing here cool um it'll feel slightly more professional um, Slightly more though. Just, I'm not no, looking to. Not I don't need to wear a suit and tie to no, this no, no, thing, no. do I? No, no. Um, maybe we'll do some fun stuff. Like maybe we'll uh, we'll do some surprising uh, live stream. Like, cool. I mean, you know, what I'm talking about some experimental, sure, live stream stuff. So, oh heck yeah, all nude all the time. No. Now I'm going to ask you some questions about where you're moving to, but I'm I don't want any specifics, and I'm not going mm-hmm. to ask any specifics. Where I'm moving? Yeah. Okay. Are you moving closer to or farther from me? Uh, it will be closer to, I think. 
Are you moving closer to it's or not, it's, farther from the Hollywood sign? It's not 100% lock. I got you. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, can't, I couldn't. I'm really bad. Like, I know where I'm at, where I'm at in the L.A. area based on landmarks. Yeah. But I, I have not understood the map very well. Mm. Like, I look at, like, Google Maps and whatever, and I, and I go, okay, this is where I need to go. And I'm always surprised that something that I think is southwest or something is really north. Whoa. So I, I, I'm i having a hard time with the maps. You've got uh, compass confusion. I guess so. But I do okay out in the real world. Like, yeah. just based on signs and landmarks and stuff, I do, yeah. I do fine. But Hmm. Compass confusion. <clears throat> it happens to the best of us. Yeah. I mean, just ask Walt. He looked at me real funny and then looked away when I said that. Yeah, he's... Should we talk about uh, movies? I guess. I mean... I think we totally should. I feel like that's our focus. Yeah, we can visit a little. It's okay. Some people that are not my mother like this part of the podcast. Oh, that's good. I I agree with this part of the podcast. Because, I mean, a lot of the really, really big podcasts, you're listening for the personality. You know what I mean? Sure. And, like, yes, you want them to get to the meat and potatoes of why they do the podcast, but you want to get to know the people a little, too. I was just listening to a new podcast today, and they spent a long time just visiting and talking about what's been going on. Sure. uh, And what's been happening for the podcast now, was it and news, news and stuff that you're listening to it or new completely? It's, no, it's uh, it's been around a while. Give uh, them a plug. It's been around for a year, I think. It's called My Favorite Murder. I've not heard of this. Um, and it's a podcast about murder. Yikes! It's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> sounds so. scary. So the one I listened to was um, uh, one of the producers' favorite murder murders. And it was. This, I'm a little afraid of the idea of people having a favorite murder. Well, the idea is like this is the most interesting story that I like. I'm fascinated with these stories, and this is my favorite of the stories because it's really interesting. Okay. Um. So like this episode, that I, the, the first one that I listened to was about um, Selena. Oh gosh, what the a Selena tragedy! Murder. Yeah. So I didn't. I haven't finished the whole episode yet, but um. But yeah, they spent they spent a good amount of time and and um. They've only been around, I think, a year, but I think it's such a unique topic that people have really grabbed onto it. And they've got like shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff now. For sure, yeah, it's when really you cool. Start, uh, when you start researching and, and bringing to light the monstrous behavior of human beings, you're going to get listeners. That's yeah. for sure. And we've and we've I'll kind of look into that. We've tested like kind of different styles for this podcast too, and we sort of evolve as well of as course. time goes on. I think I want to get back to being a little bit more analytical about some of the films, but... Um, Can I still be steve Little? I prefer you to be steve Little. All right. Um, done and done. It, it, the analytical stuff, though, it just takes so much more time prepping. Very true. You know, it means i got to watch a movie maybe two, maybe three times. I don't have that kind of time on my hands. Yeah, yeah. So, Yikes. Um, so, so not this week, but maybe in the coming weeks uh, we'll... We'll get some info like that. Um, I also, uh, since we're talking about potential new things for the podcast, um, we've recently talked about having. uh, I'm gesturing with my hands, and nobody can see that. But Steve, you know what? If it's if Um, it helps you communicate, yeah, do it. So uh, here I'll wave my hands around a lot. I like it. They can't hear that. Um, We've talked about having some guests on lately. Very true. So hopefully, you'll get on that. That one guest that we talked about that I don't want to say right now. Understandable. On mic. But hopefully you'll get on that and message that person. Do it right now. Do message that person. Do it right now? Sure, why not? I like, I like to watch you do stuff when we're... You're talking about um, Daniel, right? No. <laughs> no. But Daniel, what, uh, we talked about doing a special episode with Daniel yesterday. 
Yes. What was the movie? I can't remember. He said he owned it, and I and I thought, hey, we should do that as an episode. I feel like it was an older film. Oh, I remember what it was. Ice Pirates. Isn't that Ice, Ice Pirates? Pirates. Oh my gosh, we, with Robert Urich. Yeah. And others. And others, some other people. We talked about, he was like, I have Ice Pirates on DVD. Wow. And I said, let's do an episode on that, because I want to watch it again, and that would be fun. I don't know if I've seen Ice Pirates since the beginning of this millennium, perhaps. I haven't seen it since I was a child living in Oklahoma. Wow. On HBO. So. What was Oklahoma like? Um, flat. Really? Uh, yeah, it's very flat. But you enjoyed it? Yeah. That's uh, good. I was a child. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I was a happy kid for the most part, so I usually found something to enjoy. That's good. Because um, I always heard it was okay. <clears throat> Booyah! That's what you were wanting from me. I really wanted you to just be like, it was okay. No, but we might have some listeners in Oklahoma, so I want to just, you know, give a real answer. You're saying we might have listeners, where the wind comes sweeping down the range, yeah. or whatever the line is. Where the yep. rain and wheat. Where the sure corn is as high as the elephant's eye. Corn as high as an elephant's eye. Yeah. Um, and when they say... <laughs> yeah, we were talking about we... I was talking to you about statistics earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, and listeners. You know, we have, we've got listeners from all over the world. That's cool. It's really exciting. Um, so especially some of the, the the higher percentage places, obviously the U.S., um, but hello to... Of America. Yeah. All right. Hello to uh, our listeners in the U.K. We have listeners in the U.K. Hello to our listeners in New Zealand. New Zealand. What's up, listeners in Australia? And Australia. I think Australia was larger than New Zealand. I mean... I mean... Technically, yeah. I mean, number of listeners. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We have, Aust- we have like, a bunch of Australian yeah. and New Zealand listeners. That's so yeah. cool. UK. I was ordered UK's to visit Australia to... last year, and I didn't get it done. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sad. Yeah, no, we've got, like, uh, Russia, Germany, uh, Spain, France. I mean, they're they're kind of all over. That's incredible. Yeah. If I were more confident in my ability to speak other languages, I would say hello to all of them in their native language. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not. So hello, everyone. Obviously, the ones that are the biggest are the ones that speak English, like the UK and Australia. Sure. Zealand, but, um, but yeah, so I was, it's always nice to like kind of see those That's statistics. It makes you feel good. Incredible. We've gone international, Wes. So good day, Australia. Yes, and... Uh, Good morning <laughs> to New Zealand. Don't they have a lot of sheep in New Zealand? Don't I she- suppose don't so. sheep outnumber people in New Zealand? You know, I've never really looked into that statistic. Right. Do mm. sheep outnumber people? That's vamp. That's pretty bold. Do the sheep outnumber the people? More sheep. Maybe that movie Black Sheep took place there. Uh, that was a pretty funny movie about some were sheep. Uh, something goes wrong. Sheep. Start biting people, and the people that get bitten turn into were sheep. Yeah, the, it's the, uh, very funny. Mutant, mutant sheep are pretty. pretty mutant sheep is pretty good in that. Yeah, very funny. Movie. Let me put my phone. Black on sheep. Here. A lot of people confuse it with the Chris Farley, David Spade movie of the same title. Uh, completely different movies, same exact title, and that's okay. It happens. There are seven sheep to every one person in New Zealand. Whoa! It used to be twenty to one. Wow! And it's dropped to seven. Seven to one is Seven still one. a pretty big, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, margin. Yeah, there's 23.5 million. This was as of a couple of years ago. Um, 23.5 million people in New Zealand, roughly, and uh, 74 million sheep. 
Oh my god. Way to go, New Zealand. I gotta visit there too. I heard you can take uh, Lord of the Rings tours down there. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's Australia. I thought that uh, Matt. I thought that. Uh, no, I, well, when I when I was looking at that, I was like, twenty three point five and seventy four. That's not a ratio of seven to one. Right. Um, that's a ratio of three to one, and that's Australia. So there are more sheep than people in Australia as well. I feel like so much of this afternoon has become a lie. Uh, New Zealand is home to three million people. 60 million sheep. 60 million. So that might be a more more current statistic, but yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. That is wild. Way to go. Way to go, sheep. We got to visit Australia and New Zealand one of these days. I'm afraid to go to Australia, I'll be honest with you. Cuz all the crazy animals. Yeah, I'm everything tries to kill you there, right? Well, I you know, that's what you, I'm sure if you stick here. close to like Sydney, You'll be fine. I think it's mostly like when you really get out into the wild is where you find the real scary stuff. I heard there's like fish like in the in the ocean there that can kill you very, very quickly in shallow water. Well, gosh, I hope not. I think there's even a fish. Uh, we, we went and saw that Kevin Smith podcast. Yeah. With Daniel. And they talked about a fish that could come out of the water. It could live out of the water for like a day. Good gravy. And get you. I've forgotten a lot about that evening. Cuttlefish. That's is that a dangerous what it was? Thing. That's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Cuttlefish? Gosh. I don't know. Um, it sounds so nice, though. A cuttlefish. So if there are any Australian viewsters, we would love to hear from you. I, I want to know if any any people who live there all the time yeah. have ever had any like scary animal encounters. That's a great question. Snakes or... Like the, like the most deadly snakes in the world are in like Australia. Oh, don't tell me that. You know? I was just coming around on snakes. It's just starting to get, evol- get along spiders. with Spiders. Got big spiders over there. Yeah. Yeah. Not a... I don't think koalas are supposed to be very nice either. Um, I think they can, like, be nasty, but I, I don't... I think they're, for the most part, just pretty chill. I think if they're not, like, hopped up on eucalyptus, I think they're supposed to be real mean. Really? Yeah. Well, of course, because they're trying to get their bear- fix, baby. They're bears. Trying to get that fix. You know, bears be bears. Bears be bears. Your dog is looking at me. He's just resting his head. In just the dreamiest way right yeah, now. Yeah, he loves you. He's staring at me like he wants to fall asleep while looking at me, and that's a little awkward. I'll say it. I'll say it, Walt. Um, Anything else going on in your life? What isn't going on in my life? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Good gravy. Yeah, uh, that's. I'm going to have to really sort some things out in my head before I can answer that laundry list of questions. Let's see. It's January. Uh, I've been doing a lot of posting about uh, about the uh, current political climate. We can leave that at that. I don't really feel yeah, like talking about it. Yeah, we don't really it. get on po- political podcast. Because, uh, oh boy, there's, it's, it's like I wake up every day and there's something new to be worried about sure. in terms of policy and whatnot. Anyway, we'll skip that. Uh, you're listening to View to the Right Thing with Wes and Steve. We're here to talk about movies and friendship. And we went to Disneyland yesterday. That was fun. That we was had a, got some rides. It was nice and chilly. It was nice to be at Disneyland and not be sweating my face off like yeah. I usually do. In I, the, I inadvertently in convinced someone not to ride Mr. Toad on accident. Oh, yeah, that's true. It was totally an accident. I thought she should have ridden it. You let her know. That there's some scary stuff at the end for that children. That there's some scary stuff at the end. And she chickened out. You didn't convince her not to ride it. Yeah, she, well, she chickened she out. She had a three-year-old that she didn't think should see that stuff. 
There's some there's some devil devil stuff in that in that ride. Yeah, I mean you, quite frankly, drive to hell, and it, it, it happens. Yeah, it's a warning about drinking and driving um, in a very festive way. All right. Well, I mean, at one point you drive into mm. a, a pub, mm. and there's a guy spinning drinks around. Yeah. And then you <clears throat> see Sherlock Holmes. Next thing you know, crash your car, and then the judge says you're guilty, and then you drive and get hit by a train and then you're in hell do you look at sherlock holmes every time you go through that ride uh where is sherlock holmes looking? right outside the pub then i probably do he's on the left you can see his his silhouette in the window oh cool of uh 221b i'll have to double check for it next time i'm there yeah because uh that sounds cool 221b baker street that's the one Way down the street, there's a light in his place, right? Yeah. Opens the door, he's got that look on his face, and um, he asks you where you've been. You tell him who you've seen. Keep talking. I, I don't know that song. I was going to do Baker Street by oh, Jerry okay. Rafferty. <laughs> you know that part. Sure. Um, have you seen any trailers in the last few days? Yeah, I don't know. Uh We've talked about the old man, Logan, well, the Logan trailer, right? Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, then I won't talk about it. Uh, but it's a great trailer. Um, but, gosh, I mean, I feel like we just, I know we didn't record yesterday, but it feels like our last recording yeah. was quite recently. It does feel like it was really recent. Um, so, I, yeah, let's skip trailer talk for now. You let's stick into this diner, because I'm getting hungry. Trailer talk? Well, what trailers have you seen then? Because um, I clearly, I apparently, haven't seen any. See well, not we, any that we've both seen. We've already talked about Baywatch, right? Baywatch. Which I, I do really want to see. What about Chips? Did you see the trailer for Chips? I did see the trailer for Chips. Yeah. I think that looks like a really fun movie. People are complaining about it. Why? Because it's like, well, it's just the old argument of, why do they got to make a, a dumb comedy movie about this show that's sort of a... That was, you know, kind of a serious show. But it's like... Uh, Maybe it'll be funny. They complained Maybe about it. Enjoyable. They complained about it for Dukes of Hazard. They complained about it for The Brady Bunch. They complained about it for Starsky and Hutch. They complained about it for Dark Well, can Shadows. I answer the question? Well, I'm going to answer the question. You answer the question, then. Well, I'm not going to answer the question. I'm going to shut the question down. This has been happening... For like 20 years now. They've been taking old TV properties that haven't been around for a long time. And they've been making funny, entertaining movies out of them. And so what? Look at 21 and 22 Jump Street. Those were hilarious. There was well, nothing funny about that TV show. The The thing is, is the way that the serious problems were dramatized in the 70s yeah. is comical Absolutely. Now. I so, totally agree. So they're poking fun at that. They're, it's like sort of a nostalgia trip. And yeah. Kind of like poking fun at that. Remember when we used to think these things? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Get over it. I, I agree exactly. With you. Get over it. <clears throat> yeah. It's I hear like, I hear a lot. Um, this isn't the first time this mov- a movie like this has been made. Just enjoy it. Yeah. I hear Bond a lot and of. John like, are back, baby. Uh, nobody makes original movies anymore. It's only sequels. It's not true. That's not true. It's. It's what seems to be true if you're not really watching movies, but if you actively seek out good movies to watch, there's plenty of original yeah. stuff. Yeah. Monster Trucks. Time. Monster Trucks. I'm going to watch that movie so much. Well, just once, but I'm going to watch it very intently Yeah, to make sure that those trucks are being as monstrous as the trailer makes me believe. And we've been making movies based on 
books and plays and songs as long as there have been movies. Yeah, since forever. And then people complain about like, oh, they shouldn't have made Magnificent Seven. It's like, well, Magnificent Seven is technically a remake of a remake. remake. So just shot it. Well, Steve's getting cranky. Am I getting cranky? I don't know. You just you're very aggressive about this. I think this, I want to uh, try those potato chips we got over there. Not, but I don't want to be, be crunching into the microphone. Yeah. It'll be all crunchy on the mic. Let's dive into diner or unless all you right. got another trailer. I'm just I'm just kind of looking cuz uh, here's what's going to happen. I'm a bit hangry. Talking about diner is going to make me even more hungry, which is going to make me more hangry. Oh, I finally saw the Beauty and the Beast trailer. I still haven't seen it, but you can talk about it all you want. It it looks really great it looks really yeah. pretty and um some of the character designs are a little creepy to me but maybe that's by choice yeah um, like some of the silverware and the stuff clock and yeah they, they just a creepy clock yeah they just i mean it's one thing to have like clean cartoony lines yeah and it's another thing to like sort of try to make them look realistic and ornate and yeah. also alive yeah, alive yeah it's it's a little strange um but uh it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I hope that they do um, some of the music from the Broadway show that isn't in the cartoon. Oh, I wasn't aware that there were different songs. Yeah. Um, there's some good stuff in there. Um, but yeah. Ron so Perlman I, is playing the Beast again, I assume? Ron Perlman playing the Beast. Sweet. Um, no, he's not playing the Beast. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm conflicted ha- about the Hamilton is Bell. Yeah, I'm conflicted about the appearance of all of the things. Like the Beast's appearance also looks weird to me. Yeah, um, just the design wise. But again, it's sort of like how do you take that cartoon image and then try to make it look realistic? So right, it is what it is. I think. Um, but Emma Watson looks fantastic. I'll believe that she's not. She does not look CG. Well, that's so. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would why would you need to? Well, I'm just saying all the other things are CG. So. Yeah, very true. Um, Way to go, Emma Watson. Way to not be computer generated. Oscar nominations came out. Oscar nominations since we last talked. I have not looked over the list. I have. Is the kid from The Jungle Book nominated? No. I don't believe so. That is an absolute crime. That I kid didn't see did the Jungle a, Book. That kid did such a great job That's... at being the only living thing in this movie full of all these terrorized, terrifying animals. That kid did a great job. If he's not nominated, I'm upset. Let's let's talk Oscars. La La Land. Barely looked at the list. La La Land tied for the most Oscar nominations of all time for 14 nominations. Whoa, who's it tied with? Hang on, let me guess. Starship Troopers. Uh, I think you're looking at, off the top of my head, I would say you're looking at movies like Titanic and some Lord of the Rings movie. Probably Return of the King. Yeah, didn't Return of the King win like 11? Yeah. All right, here we go. Nominees. All right. Now, I posed a question on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. I don't think I did. I posed a question on Twitter. Um, Carrie Fisher wanted Harrison Ford to sing at Oscars tribute. That's interesting. Whoa. Weird uh, thing to pop up there. Sorry, I'm trying to get the nominees to come up. And, uh, oh, this winners. I'll look at Twitter. I don't want the winners. Um, I'll just click on Oscars.go.com. Oscars.go. The nominees are here. Click it. All right, here we go. Mm, I feel like I'm clearing my throat a lot. Viewsters, if I'm clearing my throat too much, tweet at VTRT Movies. Stop clearing. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the nominees for things and then remind me to tell you about the question I posed on Twitter. All right. 
Best picture. You ready? I'm listening. Arrival. Not gonna say anything. Okay. Fences. Hacksaw Ridge. Haven't seen it. But I'm I'm surprised by the love that Hacksaw Ridge got. Not that I think it's a bad movie or anything. I just sure. I I'm just surprised at how well people are embracing Mel Gibson again. Yeah, I understand. Hell or High Water. Hidden Great movie. figures. Haven't seen it. It's good. Looking forward to seeing it. La La Land. You hear that one? Fine movie. I, I totally knew that was going to get nominated. Lion. Haven't seen Lion. I predicted that back uh, early December. Um, Manchester by the Sea. And Moonlight. Now, I've been referring to Manchester by the Sea simply as MBTS. Is that my fault or? Yeah, that's your fault. Okay. Uh, I want to point out there's only nine films. And we talked about this in the last... The last episode that doesn't have to be ten films. It's going right. to be based on percentage. So, yes. um, so only nine films. Actor in a leading role, Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield. All right. Ryan Gosling. The the Ling. Viggo Mortensen. The Nsen. I see you just saw my tweet. Um, I sure did. And Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. All right. So we're not going to do an Oscar prediction episode right now well we'll do a no, whole, right. i think we should do a whole episode about the oscars yeah i'd have to really really sit down with the list pour over it i would need to see more of the nominees quite yeah. frankly and then make my predictions yeah actress in a leading role isabel huppert mm, wait what's she leading role in l i don't think i saw l i, I haven't seen it either ruth nega ah for loving for living. Is that his hair name? Nega? I have to assume so. N-E-G-G-A. There's only a couple of ways to pronounce it. Yeah. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. She knew it was going to happen. Emma Stone. Won't you move into my apartment? Emma and Stone's invited to. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's also invited to my apartment. You, know, you notice who wasn't on that list? Viola Davis. It's because she is nominated in. Best supporting, supporting actress, actress. Hmm. isn't that a shame because i think she would have beat these other women out i think so too i think she would have beat them and i think it's a shame that some supporting actress didn't get nominated because hmm. she took their spot hmm. very strange but you know what this is ultimately achieving what's that people are talking about the oscars yeah that's what big oscar wants no maybe no oscars so white this year uh well it's still early. Um well I mean I mean there there's already been talk that like they have definitely it's definitely not a repeat of last year. Well that's good. Uh supporting actor uh Mahershala Ali you might recognize from the the show Luke Cage but he was in Moonlight. Cool. Oh yeah, he was uh Cottonmouth. He was Cottonmouth. Yeah. Jeff Bridges, Lucas Hedges, Dev Patel and Michael Shannon. Jeff Patel's nominated for supporting? Yep. For I thought Lion. he was the lead in Lion. Well, or are they as, saying the Lion is the lead? As we've learned, uh, well, here, look. Actress in a supporting role, Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, perhaps, uh-oh. I gotta, gotta plug the computer in. Whoa. Here, you read these supporting actresses. And I don't know how to read. You know how to read. I'm gonna plug that computer in so we don't lose. Actress in a supporting role, Viola Davis, Naomi Harris... For Moonlight. My, Viola Davis for uh, Fences, of course. Nicole Kidman for Lion. 
Didn't Nicole Kidman just come out in, in favor of Trump? I really no. hope I'm wrong. I really hope that's a bad dream I had. I really hope this starlet of uh, the leading lady of BMX Bandits isn't a Trump supporter. You're being looked after. Remember BMX Bandits? Yes. We've got BMX bikes and we're going to give some criminals a hard time. We're going to buy new bikes with the walkie-talkies we stole. Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures. Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea, bro. Uh, boy, Michelle Williams. I have a hard time not voting for her on anything. But I'm not allowed to vote in the Oscars, so that's okay. <laughs> um, I, I want to bring... We don't go over all the Oscars, but <clears throat> I do want to bring up uh, Animated. Oh, yeah? There's no Wreck-It Ralph, so I don't even care. Kubo and the Two Strings. I hear it's great. Moana. I hear it's great. My Life as a Zucchini. I hear it's great. The Red Turtle. I haven't heard about it, but if it's nominated, it must be great. And Zootopia. Uh, fine film. I wanted to bring those up because what is missing? From Best Animated? Yeah. Uh, Just in general. There's something general missing from Best Animated. Puppet movies? No Pixar. I thought Moana was Pixar. No, Moana is Disney Pictures. Really? Yeah. I thought I was 99% certain Moana was Disney Pixar. No, just Disney. Huh. Looking at it right here. Well, then what... From the creators of Zootopia and Frozen, Disney Moana. Well, then what Disney Pixar movie was there? Finding Dory, which I thought was a Finding very... Finding Dory uh, wasn't nominated? A very, very sweet movie. I thought it was better than Finding Nemo. Wow. So, now, here's my question. Has Disney makes plenty of movies without Pixar. Has Pixar ever made a movie without Disney? Disney's always put them out. But um, Disney bought Pixar eventually. Right. Um, I don't think Pixar's ever had a movie that wasn't um, released by Disney. Gotcha. To my knowledge. Short films, probably. So maybe since Disney owns Pixar, maybe they're just like, you know what? We're going to let Pixar take the back seat this nomination season. This Oscar season. I guess. I'm I'm surprised. I, I feel like anytime there's a Pixar film... Yeah, available to see. Yeah, in a given year, then it gets nominated. So I, I was really surprised by that. Hmm. My my vote is for Zootopia, especially in this climate of when um, Zootopia. I don't think. Let's make a brand new start. Is that in? That's not in the movie. No, that's the theme song from the canceled reality show Utopia. Oh, okay. Which I adapted for Zootopia. Okay. Well, I I my okay. We, I shouldn't even talk about my vote. Anyways, I like Zootopia. Zootopia was pretty fun. I could have done without the Shakira song. Well, it's at, the, at least it's like um, at the very end. In case it hasn't become clear over the last episode and a half, uh, Steve's sometimes a, a, good, a good movie can be completely ruined for me by one terrible song choice. But um, you don't have to stay for that song. The, the movie's over at that point. No, they play it, uh, oh, they right play it when, when she's, she's arriving in town. Yeah, yeah. And it's annoying. Uh, I'm very surprised that I didn't let Rihanna's Shut Up and Drive completely ruin Wreck-It Ralph for me. But that is a testament to how great Wreck-It Ralph is. Let me let me ask you a question. How Go are you right feeling ahead. about Wreck-It Ralph 2? Because I don't like the concept very much. I haven't heard anything about it, and I'd kind of rather not hear anything about okay. it until I sit down to watch it. I don't like the concept, but I'll tell you that. Fair enough. I love Wreck-It Ralph. I want to watch Wreck-It Ralph 2. 
And when the credits roll, I'll make my decision. If the feel of Wreck-It Ralph was drastically different in the sequel. Well, I heard that in this one, they get brought out of the video game. So you do know something about it. And taken to an island where a man has somehow recreated living dinosaurs. I don't think that's at all. It's called Wreck-It Ralph. No, none of that is true. Can I, you know what trailer I did see recently? What did you see? Why didn't you bring this up during trailer time? Because I completely forgot. Okay, what's what's up? friend of mine shared this, and now I'm about to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in the movie, and it starts she, off... Who is she? Uh, well, Your friend is in the movie. We'll, we'll avoid her name now in case she doesn't feel like having me talk about her on the show. Okay. Then again, I guess just, just I'm about to name the movie. What's the movie? So the, the trailer goes along, and it's about this kid, and he's trying to get involved in his school science fair. He winds up bringing a dinosaur to life. Okay. By hatching it from an egg. Okay. And it's like, ah, look at this. It's funny, and the dinosaur's running around the school and the science fair and the kid and his young friend and everybody, and it's a good time. And then the screen fades to black, and in gold letters... Across the screen. Yep. Jurassic School. And I filled with so much joy <laughs> when that movie turned out to be named Jurassic School. Is From it? the Asylum, creators of Sharknado. Oh, so it's a tongue-in-cheek And so thing. very much okay. else. Jurassic School. Okay. And oh my gosh, I wanted to burst into flames of happiness. Well, the fact that it's tongue in cheek is okay. That just made me laugh. So it wasn't like a serious like, right. family film or something. I mean, it's a family film. But, oh, it is. But it's they not, know what they're doing. It's Asylum. They know what they're doing. It's not like uh, going to be on Sci Fi Channel. It might. Yeah. I have no idea. But I just it seems love like the they would have a family film that they were just like, eh, let's call this Jurassic School. Huh. <laughs> I love it. You crazy? Uh, you know, you're not wrong there. Oh, so let's talk about the prediction, and then maybe we jump into the movie. which prediction. The, or not the prediction, the question. The question, question I posed on Twitter. Us, Neo. About La La Land? About La La Land. Nominated you for wrote, 14 Academy Awards. La La Land has a chance to be the fourth film in history to win top five. Will it? West doesn't think so. West does not think so. Top five in the Academy Awards are Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay, Best Director, and best picture. Best picture. I don't think it will. I think it. Again, I should save this for the probably for the Oscar. Yeah, maybe podcast. when we get a little closer. But we, we we'll talk about it as we get closer. But no, I don't think it, ha- it has a chance to win. Fair all enough. Five. Fair enough. I. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear what other people think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. <clears throat> I bet it will win five Oscars, but I don't know if it'll win the top five. If. If Viola Davis had been placed in Best Actress, it definitely wouldn't win all five. Sure, um, it has a greater uh, chance now that she's not in that in that race. Also, sure. Um, yeah. When when do the Oscars come out? Like January, yeah, sometime in February. Feb- February. Did you say June? I think I started to say January, but yeah. January's over in a couple days here. Yeah, uh, February. Certainly not February fourth. Right? No, that's Super Bowl Sunday. No, end of February. End of. February. Yeah, Let's talk one. diner. Yeah, I'm hungry. I am too. Let's talk about the diner and then let's go order the left half of a menu somewhere. Yeah, you gonna finish that? Do you want me to finish it? Do you want it? 
I mean, I, I'd take it if you you're do not going to eat time. it. You do this every time. All right. That was Steve Gutenberg in Diner. So, sir, my friend, my yes. good friend Steve, you never West. You, well, you had sort of seen it. I thought I had seen it, but really, I think what really happened was just many times growing up, I had seen the the record scene and the popcorn box scene so many times. Yeah. That I think maybe I had just convinced myself that, sure, I must have seen Diner. But I don't know. When we watched it just now, there was so much happening that I had no recollection of at all. Yeah. So, like, maybe I watched it, tried to watch it once as a kid and fell asleep through it or something. I don't know. Oh, it got brighter. In yeah, here. I turned Thank the lights you. up a little bit. Thank you for that. It felt a little dark. Um, so, now I've seen Diner. Yeah. It was a fun movie. Yeah, I... I I love it. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of sick in light of modern uh, modern sensibilities about, uh, you know... Uh, it's definitely sexist. It's definitely super sexist and misogynist. Yeah. Um, it's also a, what, a 40-year-old movie? Like, you know, well, that's, it's, unfortunately, that's just the way things were going back it's, then. It's not just that it was a 35-year-old movie, but... And it also takes place. It takes place even in 1959, like years before that, which yeah. was a misogynistic time, extremely. So it's kind of like Mash, you yeah. know? Yeah. Don't get me started on Mash's misogyny, my friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, still, like, I can understand why the movie was such a great hit and why it's it continues to be a beloved film. I loved it. I just loved it for you know, uh, it, it did have funny moments and. All that beautiful uh, East Coast scenery there reminded me of yeah. home. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of really good stuff brought up. Yeah. So it starts in Baltimore in uh, Christmas 1959. Yeah. And, uh... Baltimore, Maryland. You got Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon as Fenwick. As Fenwick. Um, and immediately you can tell he's troubled. He's like sure. down in the basement of this like. I think the first time we see him is something. this scene, right? Yeah. Where he's punching through windows, he's punching in through the windows, cutting up his hand. He's doing it for the for the laughs. For no, the what laughs, does he say? doing it for the laughs. Because I always wanted, to th- I, I always think of like it was a goof. Yeah, um, doing it for the lulls. Uh, and he's clearly been drinking. Oh yeah. And uh, Mickey Rourke's boogie comes in sort of like... Mickey Rourke, who is very much trying to be the next Marlon Brando in this movie. I think he was sort of seen as the next Marlon Brando before he went off the rails. Yeah. Got so heavy into drinking and and drugs. He also got punched in the face a lot. Yeah, but the drugs was a lot of it. Sure. Um, Mickey Rourke, wherever you are, we love you. We're glad you're still with us. So, uh... Iron Man 2, 2. <laughs> so anyways. The Wrestler 2. Yeah. As the as the movie goes on, you slowly start to meet each of the other guys. Right. Um, except for Tim Daly's character, who's not there, not in town yet. This is true. Um, so we meet uh, Paul Reiser's character, right? Paul Reiser is, uh, I was about to say Paul Reiser, played by... Uh, why isn't it showing me his name? Modell is Paul Reiser's character. Yep. And uh, we meet Shrevy. Shrevy, played by none other than Daniel Stern. Yep. The narrating voice from The Wonder Years, and so much more. And Beth. Beth. Is that Ellen Sh- Barkin? Yep, Shrevy's wife, Beth. Oh, yeah. Now, um, when 
Now, there was Steve Gutenberg. He wasn't in the scene, right? Right. He plays Eddie. Uh, we, we meet him at the diner. Um, Correct. So, so Eddie's not there, and Tim Daly's character is not there. That's he's, Billy. He's on his way in on a train. Um, I My brain just, like, shut off just now. That's awesome. So... Because it's late night and we're in the middle of a diner, baby. Yeah. So uh, we get these these few people here. Um, when they went to film this movie, they actually had everybody come in about a week or so early. Um, all the the actors, oh, the yeah. friends, and they all like just they wanted them to like get a rapport with each other. And oh, that's very cool. Friends, and so they would like go clubbing and like pick up women and stuff, and they would come up with like fake stories yeah um like um apparently like tim daly came up with one that everybody loved where they were all engineers um in town to uh build a rotating rooftop restaurant nice um but daniel stern was not among a lot of those like late night clubbing things oh really because he was like his character was actually married in real life oh. so throughout the film you actually see that shrevy doesn't go to a lot of these things he goes to the diner yeah but he doesn't go like to the cabaret club oh yeah very true um so stuff like that so very true indeed yeah oh that cabaret club and when he does go to some things like the movie theater he brings beth with him true good old beth yeah she's a sweetheart she deserves better than what shrevy's given her so they Beth they take Beth home. They go to the diner and that's where we really get to like see these guys kinda like open up. We see that uh Boogie's got a gambling problem. Oh yeah, he's in deep for two thousand bucks on a football game. Two thousand nineteen fifty nine dollars. That's a lot of money, That's a lot of money. Uh we I see mean, that- I'm willing to bet none of them even paid two grand for their cars in those days. Yeah. Uh we see that Modell is uh Knows how to push uh, Eddie's buttons pretty well. That's the infamous. You gonna finish that? You gonna finish that scene? You gonna eat that? Eddie, played by Steve Police Academy Gutenberg, yeah. of course. He's great. Steve Lavalantula Gutenberg. Okay, you're welcome. Um, and uh, and so we kind of get to see what these guys are like. They eventually go and pick up Billy, who has arrived by train, and they come back to the from- diner. Is Billy still away at college, or is he... He's away at away college. At, okay. He's away at college. Yeah. Because, like, they talk about, like, Boogie is in law school. He's a hairdresser right now, but he's in law school. Um, and uh, Fenwick is also in school. Right. Sort of. Not really. Right. He's, he's a, supposed he's to be. He's at a school. He's supposed to be. Sounds like he's not uh, attending it very often. So... We meet, we meet Bagel, who... I'm not entirely sure what Bagel's deal is. Bagel he's, is a is like a contractor. Yeah. Who? Um, but, but somehow he knows about all of Boogie's gambling debts. Well, he's friends with those guys. Other people that like play bookies. He's friends with bookies. Okay. Um. All right. But uh, it's it's funny because I kind of want to just like gloss over it a little bit i don't think i knew that um, boogie's last name was supposed to be sheftel in this movie i don't think yeah, they don't like, think his, his name's robert sheftel where did boogie come from yeah well, he, he refers to himself as bobby i think at one point to the girl on the horse that makes sense with robert and maybe he says his last name then maybe that's it because uh, yeah we never meet his parents or anything right no 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 what do we learn about steve gutenberg's character 
in his he, near future. He is engaged. Engaged to be married. To Elise. To a woman whose face we'll never see. Yeah, it's my favorite thing in the whole movie. Yeah. Is that, that last scene of the movie. But, um, but why is their marriage possibly in jeopardy? She has to pass a football test. A test about football knowledge. She has to score a 65. In 1959, TV has only just started existing. The internet is nowhere near existing. And this guy is demanding his girlfriend... Score a 65 on a football test or he's going to cancel the wedding. That's a bit nuts. It's a bit nuts. It's funny. Makes for a lot of laughs. Yeah. But, I mean, what a nutty idea. Yeah. Um, I'd have taken Elise right off his hands. Well, it's interesting you say that because there's a weird dynamic amongst the group where something similar to that kind of almost happens in the Yeah. Film. Um, Shrevi and Beth don't exactly have, I, I, I have a hard time like understanding what happens to them in the future. The other characters I kind of get. Sure. But like, they seem like they're kind of in a loveless marriage. A little bit. And they, there was, there was probably a lot of that going around back then. Yeah. They cared about each other, but it seemed like they were kind of in a loveless marriage. Um, they, he, he flips out about the records. You want to talk about the records? The arrangement of his records. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the most famous Mm. scenes in the movie, sure. as far as I'm concerned, because I've seen it so many times, uh, the scene that is, is, um, Shrevi, uh, is going through his record collection and can tell that his records are out of order and his wife's like, yeah, I've been listening to him. So what? And he's like, you gotta put them this way and then put them by that way. He wants her to categorize them. What? Uh, 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 like genre first. Then alphabetical. then alphabetical, then by, by year. Yeah, by last name and then by year. <clears throat> yeah, and that's a bit much. And she's like, I like to take one out and listen to the music that's on it. I don't care about alphabetical. What's funny is... He gives her a real hard time. My wife and I have had similar discussions. Yeah? Where I would like to organize my movies by last name of director. That's insane. But that's what she says. Just organize it by title. And that's what we do. There you go. But... um. There's a part of me that's, where that will be helpful, though. There's a part of me that's like, you know what? I want to I want to get better about remembering who who made what movies and what their influences and their styles are. And it's it's it would be easier to learn that if I had to if I was forced to, like, look under their, their names to get their movies out. Yeah. Um, hmm. So for me, as a as a quote unquote artist, um, it would be better for me. But it's not better for the household. So, yeah, I'd say keep uh, them organized alphabetical by title and then you yourself keep a very, very, very brief but accurate spreadsheet of this director's name, his movies, that director's name, his or her movies. Well, there is there is uh, there there is there are some exceptions to the alphabetical rule in this house. Go on. Um, I, I own every single James Bond film. Whoa. They are all listed under B for Bond. And they are all in the order in which they came out. Wow. Yeah. See, so, that I can agree with. Bond 1 Because they would Bond all be pretty 24. close to each, to each other anyway. Yeah. So I can agree with that. Yeah. I remember working at uh, Blockbuster back in the day. Uh-huh. And uh, for whatever reason, whenever the James Bond movies came out... We always put them at the very beginning of the new release wall with the numbers. Because for some reason, within Blockbuster's database, 
They always had it 007, James Bond, and then whatever the rest of the title was. Yeah. I don't do numbers. I would always think it would be James Bond 007, The Spy Who Shagged Me. But they put it 007, James Bond, International Man of Mystery. And that uh, confused That's, a lot of people. Know that bothers me like greatly. Like, <laughs> um, I don't do, I don't do, uh, like if it's like a, a number like 310 to Yuma, yeah. then it would be under T. Ah, yeah. At Blockbuster, it was numbers at the very beginning of the alphabet, and then all the rest letter. Yeah, I have letter medically. I have an app on my phone that um, that lets me keep track of all my films, and I can keep track of like I can filter it so I can go. These are the ones that I have digital. Nice. And this is where the the, the digital life, whether it's iTunes or Vudu, mostly Vudu. Um, you can see Steve can see in here that on the shelves I actually have some out. Some cases, DVD oh, cases, yeah. those are 3D. So all the 3D <laughs> films are up there. So I can use the app to like sort just 3D films if I want to like see what I have for 3D. Yeah. Um, and uh, but that app also lets me change how the titles are sorted. Yeah. So it automatically sorts numbers at the top. So three to, to UMO would be at the top. Interesting. Um, or what if you put into the filter fantasy. Big Trouble in Little China? It, Big Trouble in Little China will come up. But what about 2002's Big Trouble, starring Tim Allen? That would be under Big Trouble. It would be before Big Trouble in Little China. What about Chinatown 2, Little China's in Trouble? I don't think that's a movie. <laughs> there is a Chinatown 2, though. Is there? What's it called? I don't know, because I haven't seen the first one, remember? It's called The Two Jakes. Okay. Forget it, Jake. There's two of you. Okay. Oh, that's... Oh, no, no. I was like, what, what's the movie that he's quoting constantly in? In Diner. Oh, darn it. Yeah, there's a weird character in Diner who just pops in every once in a while and speaks in only quotes from this one particular movie, and the title of that has completely escaped my head now. I'm going to look to see if I can figure that out. Uh, Talk about the movie a little bit more while I'm trying to... I feel like it was something... Yeah, it's going to drive me crazy. So yeah, so Diner. So we've got Shrevey, uh, who is married and giving his wife a hard time about his music collection. We've got... Eddie, who's about to get married, but not if his wife can't pass a football test. We've got Boogie, who's a gambling addict, but also a real man about town and gets along with all the ladies. There's literally a scene that comes out of nowhere and almost goes nowhere where Boogie and one other guy are driving down the road and they see this beautiful girl riding a horse on a great big East Coast farm. It's a beautiful scene. And Boogie's just like, whoa, check her out. So they pull their car over to the side of the road and talk to her. And she's just like, I ride a horse here. And he's like, my name's Boogie and I'm trying to be Marlon Brando. And she's like, uh, okay, we don't see her for 40 minutes. And then I'm just going to spoil it for you now. Later <laughs> in the movie, all of a sudden, Boogie just, she's out on a horse. Boogie shows up riding a horse on the same piece of land. They don't explain that he went to the place and had to rent a horse or whatever. He's just there riding a horse right along with her. And then at the end of the movie, at uh, Eddie and Elise's wedding, he's there and the girl's there as his date. But boy, oh boy, does Boogie get into all sorts of other trouble. There's the legendary popcorn box scene. He talked about the popcorn box. There was a bet. Boogie made a bet with a guy. See, Boogie owes 2000 bucks. This is going to get very confusing. Boogie owes some bookies. $2,000. So, in order to solve this problem, he thinks, eh, maybe if I start making other bets that I'm definitely going to win, I can earn that money up real quick. So he bets his friends that uh, 
he's got this date coming up. He's taking this real pretty girl to the movies. He bets his buddies that she's definitely going to touch his junk mm-hmm. at the movie theater. He's like, she'll definitely touch it. I'm trying to be my own Brenda. Um, all of them are like, there's no way that's happening. I want 20 bucks on that bet. Every one of them gets involved. He goes to the movie theater. They all show up at the movie theater and sit, you know, close enough so they can keep an eye on the situation. And this is where we get the legendary penis in the popcorn scene. Yeah, I said the P word. Mm-hmm. All right. Popcorn is a medical term. Let's talk about it, America. So he does this thing where he winds up getting his junk up through the bottom of the popcorn box. The girl keeps reaching over for popcorn. Sure enough, eventually there's not enough popcorn in the box. She essentially fulfills her unknown end of the bargain. Carol Heathrow. Carol Heathrow is the girl's name. And, uh... Boogie winds up essentially winning his bet, but all of his buddies are like, no way, dude, that does not count. You tricked her into doing it. We were under the impression that she had to do this because she wanted to do it. You don't win the bet. Something goes down. So now he's basically got to convince Carol Heathrow, like, I need to convince this girl that she needs to uh, touch it again or else I don't get that money from my friends and then I can't come even anywhere near close to paying back the bookie that I owe this money He to. basically says, I, we got to see you doing it with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he says, you guys will see me doing it with her. So he goes and he manages to tell Carol, like, look, I was just so attracted to you that I got so excited that I had to take some pressure off, so I undid my fly, and wouldn't you know it, it poked up through the bottom of the popcorn box. And poor sweet Carol Heathrow believes this garbage. And says yes to a second date with Boogie. This might be the longest story in the movie. Because so much of it is just kind of little... Right. Eh, what do you call them? Non sequiturs, so to speak. Well, it's sort of like everybody's got a thing in the movie. Like, there's, they've all got their own, like, quest or whatever, right? I suppose so. Though, um, what's Fenwick's quest? Uh, well, Fenwick's quest is his trouble with his family. Yeah. Right? His, like, like he's not living up to his expectations. That's sort of his thing that sort of boils over and and leads them all to a night in jail oh yeah there is that that night in jail does that come before or after the boogie's apartment scene i feel like it's after i it's i uh i feel like the night in jail is really close to the end it's pretty close to the end so long story short uh Boogie says, all right, guys, I'm going to get Carol Heathrow back to my apartment. You guys sneak in before I get there and hide, and you can watch me do it with her because I'm trying to be Marlon Brando. So. I can't find the guy's name even. I feel like it was like JJ or something. Which guy is JJ? The guy who's always doing the movie quotes. That's why I've been looking up this whole time. Oh, right. Right. Uh, It's in there. Are you searching the quotes? I searched quotes. I searched trivia. I searched uh, the cast can't find this guy it's in there somewhere it's not for whom the bell tolls but i feel like it's something like that or maybe that's one of the quotes he's saying so uh then the record scene fight happens between shrevy and his wife and then shrevy takes off and then poor uh ellen barkin is all sad and shortly after shrevy takes off boogie happens to come by we learn that they used to date by the sounds of it am i correct in assuming that um, yes, they used to date. They they dated, I think, in high school. 
Yeah, it sounds like they dated in high school. And then a few days later, uh, Boogie's... She, well, I was going to say, just to, so you know. So she asks him, uh, did you actually like me or did you just like being with me because I let you do stuff to me? Oh, gosh, she did ask him yeah. that. That's a that's a heck of a conversation. Right. Yeah, I don't even remember how he answered. I'm pretty sure he said, of course I actually yeah, he liked said, you. Yeah, of course you're beautiful. Of course I liked you. Yeah. You were special to me. So then a few days later, uh, Boogie's at work. He's a he's a hairstylist at a salon. And one of the bookies comes by to try to collect. And of course he doesn't have the money. So the guy roughs him up a little bit. Boogie goes back into the salon. Uh, Ellen Barkin. Why can I not remember her name? Beth. Evie? Beth. Beth. She's been waiting for him in the salon. And, you know, she's still upset about Shrevey. So Boogie's kind of like, hey, maybe me and you can hang out again a little behind Shrevey's back. What do you say? And she agrees to it. So now Boogie is maybe about to start having an affair with one of his best buddies' ladies. Because he, that's not good. Neither of them are going to the football quiz. Right. Neither of them are going. That's how it all adds now, up. Now you you mentioned earlier when you talked about the football quiz that you thought it was crazy. Yeah. This is actually something that I think like Barry Levinson's cousin did to his Whoa. prospective wife. Yeah. So it was actually sort of based on something real. I actually it, for that. Era yeah. for some reason doesn't seem that crazy to me. I mean, it doesn't seem that crazy, sure, but I mean, you know, the old for that era, uh, 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 what do you call that qualifier? It's like pre civil rights. Era, yeah, exactly. Like, you, like know. Uh, you know, with with twenty seventeen eyes, that's a crazy thing to do to a potential bride. Sure. Silly Eddie. Uh, God. Oh, so long story short, Boogie one night winds up picking up Beth, and he brings her a blonde wig. And he's like, you got to put this uh, wig on. That way nobody will catch you, uh, you know, out and about with another guy. So she's like, oh, yeah, good idea. So she puts the wig on. But really what he's trying to do is make it so that she looks like Carol Heathrow. Mm -hmm. Because remember, he's got to get Carol Heathrow back to his apartment so that his buddies can hide in the closet and watch him do it with her. Yeah. One of those buddies is Beth's husband, Shrevey. So Shrevey and Fennec, they're at... The football quiz, they hear poor Elise lose the quiz. She only gets a 63. She needed at least a 65 to win. We'll get back to that in a moment. And then when the quiz is over, they're like, okay, we got to get over the book to Bookie's place and watch him get down with Carol Heathrow. Right. So they sneak in. They hide in the closet. Boogie and Beth pull up outside. They sneak out of the closet to look down out of the window. They see Boogie and a girl with beautiful blonde hair, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. They sneak back into the closet to hide. Boogie and Beth don't go into the apartment. They decide, you know what? This ain't right. We can't do this to right. Shrevey. And they just leave. They flat out leave. And then it cuts uh, to uh, uh, Shrevey and Fennec still in the closet, and Shrevey's like, did you leave the door unlocked or something? Does he somehow know that we're in here? What the heck? So, uh, so basically, uh, those guys don't get any show at all. Boogie and Beth get to flee the scene. Nobody knows better. Water under the bridge. And uh, Beth saves her marriage. That part's good. Yeah. Um, gosh, what happens after that? Uh, Fennec then, well, no, that, even that's quite a bit away. Fennec getting them all arrested. Um but yeah, okay, so the football quiz. <laughs> I, like, I like watching you squirm over this a little bit. Well, uh, I know, I'm looking for this thing. Squirming uh, is what I do. Um, 
so yeah, so the football quiz is happening. Uh, we hear Eddie and his bride to be Elise in a separate room in Eddie's parents' uh, rec room, and Fenwick and uh, Shrevey are down there with Eddie's dad, having some beers, listening to the quiz through the door. And at one point, he asks a question, and Shrevey accidentally says the answer. Doesn't even say it that loud. But we hear Eddie from the other side of the door go, we can hear you in there. And because of that, she can't get that answer now. And so Shrevey feels bad because he just cost her two points. Sure enough, it turns out that when it's all said and done, if she had had those two points, she would have won. Eddie comes walking out of the room. We still haven't seen his wife yet. Mm -hmm. And he just goes, I'm afraid she only got 63 points. The wedding is off. Now keep in mind, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. The wedding is supposed to happen two days after the football quiz. Right. You'd think they would have given a a bit more of a, a margin of a, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Maybe maybe take the test five months before the wedding. And then if she fails, maybe take it again. You know, give her some more time to study up. Who cares? It was 1959. I can't keep going like this. So, Eddie's not going to get married. The guys are like, well, Eddie, you're crazy doing that. Come on, marry a lady. What's happening with Billy? We haven't heard from Billy in forever. Methane. Methane? 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 No, it can't be right. The character's name? JJ? No, he's talking about JJ. The air is rare and nobody can touch me. What about my sister, Harry? <laughs> yeah, J- uh, Methane is the guy's name. Methane. All right, so we've 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 narrowed that down, and that's actually listed in the in the cast list. Methane. I was like, who the hell is Methane? Wow. Uh, I'll get back to Billy real quick. Yeah, you get keep back to searching. Billy. So Billy, played by Tim Daly, who's also in a great movie called Waking that you can catch on iTunes, Vudu, and all other sorts of streaming services right now. If you're in Europe, you can watch it on Netflix. It might be called Dream Girl. I'm not entirely sure. Waking. Got Tim Daly and a few other people I know in the cast. Yo, dude. So, Tim Daly's character, Billy, he's a real sweetheart of a guy. He comes back to town, and uh, one of his buddies, I think it's Eddie, is talking to him about, like, uh, you know, are you still hung up on this girl, Barbara? And he's like, yeah, I pretty much am. Like, I'm pretty much in love with her. Turns out, Billy has gotten Barbara pregnant. And Barbara is like, yo, dude, like, cool we're friends we talk you're a good person i'm a good person but that one time we fooled around really wasn't supposed to happen uh she really kind of shuts him down she really shuts him down she's just like i'm pregnant i'll figure it out now i don't see anything in this movie that says that billy wouldn't make a fine boyfriend he actually seems like a good guy he seems like a stand-up guy he's tim daly so we know he's totally handsome Mm -hmm. and I really can't see any reasoning in Barbara's character as to why she's shutting him down so hardcore. Now, sure, maybe it's got something to do with career. She works at the local TV station. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I don't see why they wouldn't bother getting together, having a kid right there in their hometown. She can keep doing her job. He can keep pursuing... uh, What was he doing in school? Was he in pre-med? Billy? Yeah. Wasn't he on his way to becoming a doctor or something? I feel sounds, like sounds like about right. Something like remember. that's going on. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't think of a single reason why she wouldn't bother being like, oh, this super handsome, 
probably about to become a doctor guy really uh won't make a good husband but then again you know what the heart wants what it wants maybe there was reasoning in the original script that didn't make it into the final cut i don't know but barbara keeps shutting billy down driving me crazy and billy being the good guy is like well hang on a second i mean if that's my kid i need to try to do my best to get involved um I'm just going to cap off the movie well, and take it to the it, arrest. So, well, real quick. So what you're bringing up is really important because it shows a shift of um, how me- the whole movie is kind of this way. But this is, I think, the most important, the important example of yeah. how men and women's relationships shifted around that era, around yeah. the, the 1960s. And and how they show that is in a couple ways um this relationship <clears throat> have some tea uh the and the fact that it starts at christmas yeah and the thing that kind of caps the movie off is moving into the 60s is is New literally Year's. 1960 january 1st so um this this relationship that um Barb is is resisting is she's resisting the old ideas that you get pregnant and the guy has to marry you. Yeah. It's just how it's done. And it and it it sort of reflects um Shrevy and Beth's relationship in that there's probably more of an old older style of Sure. Um, All right. We were teenage sweethearts and we got married. Um let's is, face it, Shrevy ain't getting no better than Beth. Right. And, and and their relationship is not in an ideal place. Very it's, true. It's it's probably because of that. And so um, the Barb stuff, it's kind of interesting because, like, you know, the boogie bet thing seems to be the through line for the movie and all these other things are happening around it. Yeah. Um, and this is obviously Billy's thing. Right. His, his story. Um, but it it's a, it's a really important um, observation about the change in relationships and that the change it had the to whole, come. Even, even if you don't look at it just as like the um you know uh shrevy beth fenwick and the unnamed girl at the beginning i can't remember her name um who's there at the end as well oh yeah she's at the wedding at the end um well, what's her name she was a real sweetheart too and there was a weird thing going on with that in the misogyny thing boogie and that. carol or boogie and jane jane chisholm um sounds right Billy and Barb. So there's all sort of like these um, Eddie and Elise. There's all these like male female relationships throughout the thing. Yeah. So it's sort of about that. And it's also sort of about the relationship of, of the guys and how they perceive their relationship is going to change. Right. Because sure. again, like the, the changes from the fifties to the sixties, um, they talk about how um, Eddie's not going to be around the diner much anymore. Yeah. Um, because well, he he's marrying Elise, although that's not the case for for uh, Shrevy. Shrevy's there all the time. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's he's always at that Fells Point Diner. Yeah, and then we meet a man who's literally eating the left side of the menu. Let's talk about that guy in one <laughs> night. Uh, I don't even Earl? remember that character's name. Earl, Earl I think, sure. I think it was Earl. I remember he looked a bit like Kevin James. Um. Yeah. Uh. So they so a couple of the guys arrive at the diner and some other guys are already there watching Earl and he's got every sandwich that it, you would think could be in a diner on his table every sandwich and so there there's a question about whether he's eating every 
sandwich or is he eating just the left side of the menu right. or you know well, they sort of deduce they're like what well does he have the roast beef and like, yeah yeah he's got that he's got the well, what about the ham he's i see it and so they deduce yeah. oh he's working his way down the entire left side of the menu and then what is it gutenberg asks now earl does that include the chicken dinner and he's like yep yeah the fried chicken plate <laughs> yeah yeah so this is a guy who's apparently his goal for the night was eat the entire left side of the Fells Point Diner menu. Steve. I got drunk in Fells Point one night. Does he do it? I'm pretty sure. He does, and they applaud him. They give him a walking out standing ovation. Yeah, because it cuts to, to later. He's, he's scraping the last like bit of daylight. chicken off a chicken bone, and he's walking out to his car at dawn. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, Good old Earl. Yeah. I wonder if that's a true story from Levinson's. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny, though. I kind of hope so, because it did absolutely nothing for the rest of the plot. But it is a very funny moment, and it's only made me hungrier right now. Oh, yeah, I could go for some sandwiches. All right, me three. You want to go to a diner after this? I mean, we really just might as well. We might as well go to to that one that you were talking about the other day. Let's go to a diner. Let's post a photo of us. Uh, we'll meet. We'll meet my wife Desiree at the diner. All right, and we'll post a photo of us uh, in the diner uh, on our Instagram and our Twitter. See, I feel bad though. I don't have a nice three. Those guys are always wearing three piece suits in them. Uh, that's okay. We'll wear t shirts and jeans. Yes, we will. <laughs> That'll um, be fun. Diner. That's the name of this movie we're talking about right yeah, now. In case uh, you're yeah, not sure. So, so. We, before we just kind of cap it off, I want to talk about... Um, well, we haven't gotten to the arrest. You want to talk about the arrest? Well, I was going to talk about Fenwick. Yeah, so yeah. Is, then let's, the, then talk about the arrest, and then I'll talk about what I was going to talk about. Well, Fenwick is the arrest. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So you go for it. Well, you go to the, that, and I'm going to talk about what I think is interesting about Fenwick. All right. Well, out of the blue, one night, uh, Fenwick has gone and asked his brother to borrow some money so that he can help Boogie pay off his debt. Right. Uh, and his brother's like, what? Why the hell would I ever do that? Like, that's crazy. And he's like, because, like, the guy's my friend and I'm your brother. And, like, we help each other out. And uh, gives his brother a real hard time. I'm pretty sure the brother does not give him any he's money. not right? give him the money. Right, because then the other thing happens. So then uh, later, uh, Fenwick is out in front of a church in a nativity scene and uh, uh, strips down to his underwear. And he's laying in the uh, little the little manger where the baby Jesus is supposed to be. And somebody goes and runs and tells his buddy, like, Fenwick's in the nativity scene. You gotta, yeah. you gotta go get him. They get out there. He's laying there in his underwear, acting like he's the baby Jesus. They try to be like, all right, come on. This is classic Fenwick. He starts punching out all the wise men statues and maybe even Joseph. And there's like a there's the like next. a nun up in the or somebody up in the in the church that turns on a light and is looking out at them. Right. So here's a guy in his underwear, a very handsome Kevin Bacon in his underwear, <laughs> punching out the wise men statues of the, of the nativity scene out on the lawn. Yeah. And his buddies are trying to wrestle him and wrangle him and all that. They all wind up on the ground. The cops show up and the guys are pretty much just like, mm, we're all in trouble for this one. So yeah. they're in jail. And uh, their 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 cell arrangement is pretty odd. For mm. some reason, it seems like who is it? Is it Eddie and Shrevey are in a cell together? Yeah. Billy seems to be in a cell by himself. Well, oh, separate from. Well, the there's other a guy. Guys, there's another guy but in there's there. There's some creep in there. Yeah. And so then Billy and Shree Billy and Eddie are talking through the bars about the barber situation. Yeah. And this creepy guy just kind of rolls up on Billy and is. Just staring at him. Yeah, he's just staring at him the whole time. And then Billy really talks tough to him, tells him he's going to hit him so hard. 
your whole I'll kill your whole family. It'll kill his whole family. Um, the guy falls for it and backs off, and then Shrevey wakes up and goes, well, watches everything, and then goes, what's going on? And that was a pretty funny yeah. moment, because well, it's like, how can you not tell what's going on? And Shrevy, you don't see you Fenwick. Yeah, we don't see Fenwick He's in the jail anymore. the drunk tank or something. The drunk tank. Um, and they, they get bailed out, except... Fenwick doesn't. He Fenwick gets, doesn't get bailed out. His dad leaves him in there, which my dad always said, hey, if you ever get sent to jail... Leaving you in there for a couple days, right. pal. Right. It was to teach him a lesson. Yeah. But the, the the interesting thing I find about Fenwick and sort of like his story, and that you don't exactly get a real feel for how it's going to turn out for him. And I think right. that's just sort of like life. You know, you don't some some stories you understand what's going to happen. Right. Um. You know, Eddie marries Elise. Um, oh yeah. And probably he gives, her, he gives her the two points. And probably Billy and Beth work it out, and probably. My guess is Billy get married. And Barbara. Billy and Barbara. I mean, not Beth. Right. Um. They they probably get married. Is my guess because she does have feelings for him. Right. Um. But Fenwick's interesting because his thing is really really a lot about how he doesn't live up to his um birthright or the expectations yeah. of him. Um. And and it goes beyond just that. The the view that we sort of see from his family like his brother yeah. is that he's just kind of like this young screw up who right. um who's not going into the family business essentially. Yeah. He's um, clearly very smart. We see him watching that Jeopardy style. And that's show the thing is he watches the, on it. the college bowl yeah. and he knows the answer before anybody else answers and he's always right and he's incredibly smart and he's choosing choosing yeah. to ignore that. Yeah. You know. He just wants to get drunk and punch his way through windows. Yep. Well, he's 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 rebelling and and um, trying to find his own place, not what's expected of him. Yeah, true. So, um, so I I don't know. I find that character interesting. He's also you know a little. He's got that sort of little brother thing, and I, sure. I definitely identify with that. So. Yeah, like Boogie definitely is looking out for him quite a, quite a bit through yeah. the movie, and he does the 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 prank. With the with the tipping his car up on the side yeah. and acting like he's dead in the road, yeah, drinking and driving, yeah, and and the, and you know he like begs the other guys to help him set his car down right, and it's like how the heck did he get it up that way anyway? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> why it was does the he angle. need help getting it down? Yeah, but uh, fortunately, you know his buddies do help him get it down. Uh, that's a pretty scary scene. Uh, you know when it happens, right I'm at like, the beginning. Yeah, I'm like, well, uh, I mean, surely this guy is throughout the rest of the movie. But I really hope he didn't launch the girl out of his car when he had this accident just now. Yeah, she's Fortunately, she's just hiding behind the car, as she very clearly states when she pops up from behind the car and surprises us all. Um, that was an interesting moment with that girl uh, when we first, at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And um, Boogie goes down. And, yeah, Boogie goes down and finds Fenwick in the in the basement punching the windows and he's like what are you doing like i thought you were on a date with what's her name he's like nah some other guy asked me about her so i said he could have her for five bucks and like that's pretty messed up and then boogie uh who's kind of a you know a, b- a bit of a roust about himself mm-hmm. he goes and he's talking to the girl and he's like listen that guy you're with right now like he's a jerk and he paid fenwick five bucks to lay off so he could so he could wrap up the night with you. And she's just like, what? What a pig. But then she's like, do you want to take me home, Boogie? And Boogie actually is quite the good guy in this moment. He's like, no, we're going to find a friend who will get you home. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, this poor girl, like, getting bounced around to three different dudes in a night, that's awful. 
So 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 Boogie looks out for her too, and that's when you know Boogie's a a good guy, uh, despite everything else we're about to learn about him throughout the rest of the movie. Despite the popcorn yeah. and yeah, what happens to Boogie's debt? Uh, I'm sorry. What happens oh. to Boogie's big two thousand dollars? So he 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 gets roughed up outside the the hairdresser place sure by does. the bookie, um, and uh, he does everything he possibly can. He places other bets to try and fix this one. And he just can't come up with the money. Terrible idea. Stay away from up. gambling, kids. Um, and uh, he 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 finally you know he shows up at the diner at the end of the film. Yeah, and uh, the guys are outside. A couple of the guys are outside. And they're like, hey. Um, Tank is in there. I think Tank is the the bookie, right? Tank, yeah. Played by a guy who just does not read as a tank. Yeah, no. There's nothing Tank He He does guy. look like a scummy bookie, but yeah. he doesn't look like a tank. Speaking of names, I'm pretty sure that other guy's name was Methan, now that I'm looking Methan? at it spelled out. Is it yeah. Methan? Because I definitely don't remember anybody who referred to as Methan. I know, me neither. Okay, so anyways, uh, <laughs> they're like, hey, Tank's in the diner yeah. talking to Bagel. Hey, maybe you should... Maybe you should lie low until he leaves. We'll let you know, and you can come in. And he's like, you know what? Boogie's like, I, I, you know, it's time to face the music. It is what it is. Yeah. And so he starts to walk up, and Tank comes out, and Tank's like, you're real lucky. He's like, Bagel, Bagel paid off your debt. Yeah. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah. Got lucky this time, kid. This time. And uh, Boogie does what to him? Boogie gives him a haymaker, socks him right in the old bread basket. Yeah. Says, I owed you that when we're even. Or maybe he just says, now we're even. Here's the thing. I think he said, I owed you that. If I were a professional bookie. Yeah. Uh, illegally collecting money from illegal gamblers. Yeah. And somebody bought the other guy's debt off. Yeah. I don't think I would make it my responsibility to tell the other guy he no longer owes me money. I'd let him find out. Yeah, yeah. But if he came at me and was like, I finally got that two grand, I'd just be like, I'm already a bookie. Hand it over, jerk. Yeah. And then when he found out, sure, I'd give it back to him just to, you know, keep things even, uh, honor among thieves. Learning a lot about you, Steve. Well, no, I'm saying if I was already that far into the criminal world, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, hey, guy who owed me $2,000 up until five minutes ago, somebody else bought your debt off, so... You're fine. I don't know. Maybe I would, though, because yeah. I'm a fairly nice guy, I think. You're a pretty good guy. But I feel like if I really shifted to criminal, Steve, I'm not sure if I'd make the move that Tank made. Yeah. And if I were Boogie and Tank did go, hey, guess what? I'm a bad guy, but somebody bought your debt, and I'm the one telling you about it, even though it was me you owed the money to, I wouldn't punch him in the stomach after that. Yeah. Hmm. Then again, I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from 40 minutes north of Baltimore. <laughs> Things get done differently there, I guess. So, uh, so he goes in and talks to Bagel. Yeah. And Bagel's like, you know, hey, you really, you really doing this lawyer thing? And uh, Boogie's like, I just say it for the for the ladies, for the ladies like and the lulls. Um, and he he offers him a job as a contractor. He's like, oh yeah, work for me. yeah. They got some kind of big project that they're about to have to start working on. Yeah. And he says, we'll call the two thousand in advance. Yeah. But then doesn't Boogie say like, I'm only going to work until that's paid off? Something like that? Yeah, Something I don't weird remember. Like that. Um, uh, so there's the horse scene that you already talked about right? after this. Um, and then the guys all get together for the wedding, right? They sure do. Um, they have a great big beautiful wedding. And I hate the last shot, i got to be honest with you. You hate the last shot yeah, of so, diner? So I don't remember what it is. So they have the wedding, and um, you see 
the back of Elise a lot. Right. You see the back of her head a lot. Um, you see her dance just when you think she's going to turn around. Yeah. She either doesn't or it cuts to somebody else or whatever. Right. It, it's it's a great joke. Um, the the colors of for the wedding are blue the and of white. The Baltimore Colts. The Baltimore Colts, who are now the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Boy, are they! And so, uh, so it's kind of a funny joke, and you kind of it kind of wraps all. You see these guys talk to different people. They dance with different women or whatever. Dance with mothers. Yeah. And Boogie they, has gotten uh, Chisholm. What's her name? Chisholm to come. The horse riding girl to come yeah. to the wedding. Pretty impressive. Barbara's at the wedding, I think, with Billy. Barbara's at the wedding. The girl who the girl was passed around for five dollars is one of the bridesmaids. Yeah. Um, everybody's having a great time. Yeah, everybody's everybody's having a good time. And then so, what's the last shot? Well, so well, Shrevy and and Beth sort of make up. Yeah, he says, um, "I think we should go to Poconos, maybe Poconos, baby, yeah. Poconos, Pennsylvania." Um, I always see bear in the road when I'm up there. It's scary. okay. Uh, for like, and she's like, street. for how long? And he's like, I don't know, like ten days. And so it's like, sort of like a renewal of like they're at a wedding and they're sort of renewing their relationship. I think, oh yeah, just kind of nice. Um, I forget what the slogan is from the Poconos Tourism Board, but let me tell you, it's sexy. Is it okay? Um, and uh, Modell gets up to deliver the speech. Modell played by. Aliens, Paul Reiser. Yeah. Who's like, apparently this incredible improv guy. Right. And so he has a really funny sort of best man speech. And the last shot we see, we get to see all the guys at the table. Except for Modell. Except for Modell. And that's sort of our freeze frame. That's our photograph. And that's why I don't like it is because Modell's not with him. Right. If anybody was not going to be with him, it should have been Eddie. I can agree with that because he's the he's the groom. Yeah, and so you're left with this sort of snapshot of everybody but Modell, which is weird to me. Now, isn't the flower toss also happening? The, the bouquet f- toss? Yeah, it happens sort of as like almost like a montage. Yeah. Um, and and it keeps getting bounced. You can see the women hitting it back, but right. it keeps getting bounced from person to person. and goes further and further back until it lands on the table in front of the guys. With the diner guys. And, uh, what if it had landed all the way at the diner? What that if it got be, bounced all the way across great. town that'd and be, landed on the diner? That wouldn't have been great. And then the diner could get married. Yep. Um, you kind of want to see that go to, like, Billy or or Barb, maybe. Yeah. You know, but um, but it lands at the table in front of them, and then we get, like, a little snapshot of the guys together. Everybody but Yeah. Modell. Everybody but Modell. Kind of sad. But, you know... Sad that he's not in the photo. I, right. I just wish he was in that photo. Yeah, they should have found a way to get all six of them in there. And then the credits are... Is another conversation of the guys at the diner. It's just it's just more diner talk. That's true. Um, which is kind of cool. Fun, fun little way to end the movie there. So there it is. Diner. Uh, what year was that? 1981 that came out? 82. 82 that and, came uh, out. Worth seeing. Absolutely. Totally I love it. Totally worth seeing. Totally worth watching a couple times. I've uh, watched it like five or six times. Yeah. I watch a lot of movies over and over again. I think uh, my buddy Ben, this might be his favorite movie, too. It's not my favorite movie. It's not my favorite movie of all time. You specifically I said... It's one of my favorites. I have written letters no, from it's you. one of my favorites. Sent, sent through the Library of Congress saying, let it be known that Wes Weitzenhofer is declaring to Steve Moulton Diner's his favorite movie. That's not the case. Stamped, embossed with a notary's embossing thing. <laughs> yeah, notary's embossing thing. <clears throat> all that stuff. 
What do you call one of those? An embosser? That seems too simple. Sure. Seal? Probably a seal. There it is, folks. Diner. Uh, if you are listening to this, you should have watched it already. Um, should we draw from the Muppet Bucket? Uh, we could do that. Um, I, I did want to say that the movie was nominated for an Academy Award for screenplay. Yeah. Um, they also, the year after this came out, tried to do a TV series for it. Diner, the series? Yeah. Um, With any of those guys? or was it Paul, all I know Paul guys? Reiser came back for as Modell. Um, cool. Gutenberg was replaced because, uh, you know, he, he had lots of Police Academy to make. Diner, the uh, series? Michael Madsen replaced uh, Mickey Rourke. Wow. Uh, Max Cantor replaced Daniel Stern. Really? James Spader replaced Kevin Bacon. Really? Um, and it focused mostly on the complaints of the wives, Elise and Beth. What year was this? This was the year after the movie. So, 83. 83. Wow. Uh, did somebody replace Billy? I'm trying to see if anybody replaced Billy because... No. No. They didn't mention anything about Billy. Oh, um, uh, but it's sort of mostly about Elise and Beth complaining that their husband spent too much time hanging out with their friends at the diner. Chilling at Fells Point Diner, baby. Yeah. Clearly did not get made into a TV series. But the James Spader wow. thing is interesting because it. Uh, I have not actually seen it because I never think to, to watch for it. Yeah. But it is said that James Spader is an uncredited dancer in the opening scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I've never never thought to look for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. James Spader, star of Less Than Zero, with uh, Robert Downey Jr., did Jamie not, Gertz. Did not have a great... And Andrew McCarthy. Did not have a great takeoff career in the 80s, I felt like. Spader? Yeah. I mean... I feel like he was doing fine. Well, he got he didn't get this pilot. True. Two years later, he, was, he shot a complete film, and then was replaced, and they reshot all of his scenes. What movie was that? Back to the Future. He was Marty McFly. No, that was Eric Stoltz. Oh, Eric Stoltz. Totally different guy. Thinking it was James Spader. Right. Good point. I'm glad we solved that. I'm glad, glad you set me straight on that. Every once in a while, Steve, you really come through for me. Well, I happen to occasionally think of stuff. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. Yeah. But either way, I'm alive for now. Now, they say that uh, Barry Levinson auditioned 600 people for the leads in this film good gravy yeah that's a lot i am so glad i don't go up against those kind of numbers man yeah let me tell you how do you know uh i mean there's just not that many guys my size in la i mean there's a handful but there's definitely way more dudes out there trying to be tim daly than there are trying to be john carroll lynch you know what i mean yeah and so it's like i go into an audition there's maybe maybe 15 guys but then i got buddies who are like leading man style and they go into an into an audition and they're like there was a hundred guys in there yeah and every one of them was you know two degrees off the next guy and yeah. uh what can you do i just got word that uh, a huge role that i went out for right before christmas that show just aired last night oh no i didn't get the part i looked up the guy who did does he look like you not a whole lot. Oh. He's been in tons and tons and tons of pretty big stuff, and yeah. I've never seen him before. Wow. And I'm just like, well, huh? Yeah. But yeah, he's got awesome credits. I salute you, guy. What was the show? We'll leave it off the air. Okay. We'll leave it off the air. But, um, you know, it was a cool audition, uh, and it's a great show. Yeah. I'm loving the show. And hey, 
my hat's off to that guy. Did a fine job. Sure. But yeah, I, I looked him up and I'm just like, this guy has so many great credits. Yeah. And I haven't seen him in anything because there's just so much entertainment out there right now. We'll never catch it all. Yeah. I resigned to that early last year. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to see all the good TV that's happening right now because there's just so much of it. Yeah. I can't watch it all. Sorry. You know, they say that. Keep doing it. I just can't see every bit of it. Um, so Diner, one last thing to kind of sleep up. Yeah. Uh, is considered to be. Now, there's a question about whether it's a trilogy or a quadrilogy, but this is sort of the first in Barry Levinson's series of Baltimore films. Oh. So, um, what are the others? Avalon? Avalon. I love Avalon. Very good. Tin Men. Tin Men. Uh, an 87 Tin Men, not the. That's not ringing any bell. Well, who's in um, Tin Men? Tin, well, let me tell you the last one first. I'll look up Tin Men. For oh, you. all right. Liberty Heights. Liberty Heights. Liberty I'm Heights. Certain I've seen which that. Which also had Kevin Bacon in that. Wait, what year was Liberty Heights? Uh, just I just went away from. It sounded that. like you said eighty nine or ninety nine. I think it was ninety nine. Liberty and Heights. And it had, had Kevin Bacon in it. Why can't I think of what that is? Uh, let me look up Tin Men for you. <clears throat> Avalon. That's a beautiful movie. I used to watch that all the time as a kid. Richard Dreyfus, Barbara Hershey, Danny DeVito. A minor car accident drives two rival aluminum sighting salesmen to the ridiculous extremes of Man versus Man in 1963 Baltimore. That sounds awesome. Dreyfus versus DeVito? John Mahoney. The two Ds. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bruno Kirby. Nice. Rest in peace. May he rest in peace. JT Walsh. Also oh, rest in peace. Oh, boy. JT Walsh. I like a really good. Never mind. I was going to quote one of his horrible, <laughs> horrible lines from Sling Blade. Yeah. Don't you talk about that boy. That was the other one you wanted me at Liberty Heights. I don't ever want to hear you talk about that boy again. I'll kill you. Liberty Heights, 1999? That's not ringing a bell at Adrian all. Adrian Brody. What? B.B. Newworth, Joe Montaigne, Ben Foster, who's everywhere lately, Orlando Jones, David Krumholtz. Liberty Heights. What does the plot say I could about have sworn this? That uh, Kevin Bacon was in this. Please read the plot. Kevin Sussman. Kevin Sussman. Shane West. Just read the plot. Susan Duvall, who was also in uh, Tin Men, by the way. Cool. Um, hold on, I'm checking to see if there's this any other a, people. This was a, a movie or a TV series. It was a movie. How is this not ringing any bell at all? Anti-Semitism, race relations, coming of age, and fathers and sons in Baltimore from fall 1954 to fall 1955. Oh, yeah. Racial integration comes to the high school. TV is killing burlesque, and rock and roll is pushing the four lads off the hit parade. Ben, a high school senior, and his older brother, Van, are exploring, quote, the other. Exploring the other. Uh, In Ben's case, it's friendship with Sylvia, a black student. With Van, it's a party in the wasp part of town and falling for a debutante, Dubby. Dubby? Dubby, it says. Sivy gives Ben tickets to a James Brown concert. Dubby invites Van to a motel. New worlds open. Meanwhile, their dad, Nate, who runs a numbers game, loses big to small-time pusher Little Melvin. A partnership ensues. This is ringing a bell now. That title was not, but now that I'm looking at the pictures and stuff... I'm sure I've seen this at least once. Yeah. But wait, though. Well, that's not a Baltimore trilogy. No, there's a debate about trilogy or quadrilogy. Well, I mean, if it's Diner, Liberty Heights, Avalon. The, the question is whether the, the whether uh, Liberty Heights actually sort of falls into this grouping or not. Oh, uh, okay. 
Interesting. Oh, now I got to check out Liberty Heights again. Great. Another thing I got to watch and probably enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, Damn movies. you, Barry Levinson. Thanks, movies. So that was Diner. That was yeah. Diner. Fun little movie there. Yep. Fun movie. So we're not going to do a theatrical film thing this week. No. We're going to save it. Saving my theatrical film. Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, it didn't sound anything like her because it, it was a giant white guy singing it. Yeah. And I don't not, have not those pipes. Lyrics. I don't have those pipes, let me tell you. All right. I guess we draw oh, our film. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. Should I draw or should I let you draw for once? You always like I mean, me to draw. Yeah, you can let me. I'll draw one. Oh, well, I was going to take the lid off for you. I get it. Get it with Cause Lucas with the lid off. See, you told me earlier, people. What? You told me earlier, people like to hear me sing, and now I feel like I'm singing too much. Do you want me to hold the bucket while you draw? Because you uh, always hold it for me so that it doesn't spill. I got it. What does that say? Oh, we already oh, watched that. Well, How'd that get back in the bucket? I don't know. That's funny. Uh, okay, let me draw a new one. You know what? I probably wrote it in there twice because I love it so much. How did that get back in the bucket? My movie's still in the bucket. Well, no, this is the other one of that title. No. I don't think there's two no, it isn't. by that title. Um. All right, here we go. Did we get the Did we get the bucket of stuff we've already watched? Here, I got, I got one here. Is that what happened? All right, we got... Charlie Victor Romeo. Ooh. Now that's the one about the young man in the chocolate factory. That is not about the young man in the chocolate factory. He meets um, his buddies Victor and Romeo at a chocolate people factory. People are probably going to have to rent this one. Charlie I Victor don't Romeo. don't know that it's streaming. But check, you know, Amazon Prime just in case. Or, yeah. or Netflix. Charlie Victor Romeo. Yeah, it's uh, the one where is... Romeo is like, chocolate factory, chocolate no. factory. Where for art the... thou, Victor's chocolate factory? And Charlie's uh... like, man, it's on the balcony. <laughs> Um, Walt is looking at me like he hated that joke. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Uh, so this is a movie that I put in the bucket because you haven't seen it. I've heard about I it. I really like it. it. Sounds so emotionally draining. It's not. It's not. What you, it's not emotionally draining the way you think it is. Um, I wish I could show it to you in 3D because they actually released it in 3D, and that's how I saw it. Oh but they God. don't. They don't sell it in 3D. Um, so it's a play. Yeah. And this, they brought cameras in to record the play, which is why they did it in 3D, because they wanted you to feel like you were actually at the play. Wow. Um, it's not It's not a high, big budget thing. It's literally cameras at a play. Cool. It's a black box theater. Yeah. Very few props. Um, <laughs> it's a select group of actors who repeat occasionally throughout the thing. And it's about airplane crashes. And it's yeah. done from the actual black box recordings. It's actually... Much more interesting and exciting and, uh, yeah, it's it's just not what you think it's going to be. Okay. So, everybody rent the, uh, Charlie Victor Romeo or buy it. I I bought it on Vudu. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Charlie Victor Romeo. Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, just, you know, we're about to enter month number two of 2017. Everything seems to be going going crazy with now each this, passing hour. This episode might not come out till February. Maybe not. So we're somewhere near month two 
2017. Uh, just love each other, you guys. That's good. That's nice. Hug your friends. Hug your family that's around. Watch lots of movies together. Watch movies together. Keep your eyes open and love each other. And when you're about to get into an argument with somebody, try loving them first. And then, uh, you know, and then maybe something really good will happen. Because we're in a time where, as Dumbledore said, and nobody is bringing this up, but good old Albus. Percival. Percival. Whatever. Wolfric Brian Dumbledore said, we are about to enter a time where we have to decide between doing what is right and what is easy. And I am seeing a lot of people doing what is easy. So cut the S and, uh, you know, be good to each other and be good to as many people as you can be good to. I'm off my soapbox, Wes. Yeah. Take it away. All right. Let's 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 go to a diner and get some sandwiches. Sure. Everybody, in the meantime, bon cinema.